Welcome to the Level Up Podcast, brought to you by Century 21, the Harrelson Group, featuring masterminds with real estate leaders, coaches, and influencers, plus eye-opening strategy sessions with up-and-coming agents. You'll learn exactly how to go from agent to entrepreneur. And now, let's get to the latest episode of Level Up. Hey everyone, Brendan Payne, your co-host on the Level Up Podcast. And on this episode, Greg and I are going to dive into some of the challenges that are facing agents right now in this red-hot seller's market. We know not everything is super easy when dealing with sellers, even in a seller's market, and we're going to help you level up. Your conversations need to include future pacing, and we're going to share with you exactly how you do that to make sure that the clients know what to expect and you position yourself as their trusted resource. Greg's also going to share some techniques on how to dig deeper into the seller's motivation so that you can help guide them to the right decision. Enjoy. Okay. Hey, Greg, how are you today? I'm doing good, man. Good, man. Just, uh, I know today we want to talk a little bit about, um, you know, we're in a hot market now and hot markets have their challenges too, right? Yeah, well, I'm going to argue that a hot market might be more challenging than a, a, a not so hot market. So the answer to your question is yes, Yeah, um, they're challenging. Yeah, I, I, I tend to agree with you there. And, you know, one of the biggest things right now, if you're working with sellers, then sellers are, you know, they've got crazy expectations. They, um, you know, they, they want the world and then they want you to do it for free. So let's talk a little bit about um, how do we how do we actually manage sellers expectations in a hot market like this? Because there's challenges that come up and there's there's ways that we can handle, make our lives easier and actually provide a good experience. So um, in, in with that in mind, what are a couple of things yeah. that you see as is, you know, the primary ways that we can manage their expectation. Yeah. You know, before I even kind of think about that, I'm thinking, you know, let, let's, let's think about like in a down market, we have to manage expectations in a hot market. We have to manage expectations. There, there are different expectations, yep. but I think the common thread here is that when we're ever in a market that seems to be a little out of balance, out of balance on the high side, out of balance on the downside, it seems like agent or consumers need to be communicated with more. In other words, like right now, people are like, oh, gosh, I'm afraid if I list now, I could miss it and it might go up in value. And then at a different time, oh, my God, I need it sold so fast now because I'm afraid it's going to actually be worth less value. Yeah. That It's those scenarios that we have to manage. So I sometimes wonder, are we really managing expectations or are we managing their emotions? Mm. Yeah, it's more of that, I, you know. And so, but 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 I think what you're, you know, the the conversation and what you asked was is important. You know, the first thing that I come to when it comes to managing people's emotions or expectations is I use a technique, you know, that I call future pacing, and I've learned that technique through different, uh, uh, you know, uh, lessons and and courses that I've done on NLP. And with future pacing, you know, it's, I'm thinking through of some of the possibilities, some of the the, the, the curveballs that could be that could come our way. In today's market, it could be, we put it on the market, and it gets an offer in the first hour, and an offer in the second hour, and an offer in the third hour. And within four hours, we got three or four offers. And then the buyer's wondering, Greg, did we underprice the property, right? So what ends up happening in order to manage that emotion 
in the listing period, after I've got the key is after I got the listing signed, <laughs> I'm going to say something, cool. you know, Brendan, I wanted to share a few things with you just to kind of, you know, let you know what, what we might, what, what may appear before us. And then I want to kind of talk through it. There's a high probability that when we put this on the market, we're going to get multiple offers. And sometimes sellers get multiple offers and then they wonder whether or not we actually underprice the property. And, um, and, and so in the event that we get multiple offers, don't worry about whether we underprice the property or not, because in today's market, you can't underprice a property. If we did price it a little bit lower, the, the, the multiple offers, the buyers are going to bid it up to market value or a little bit more. So in the event, let's not just, you know, don't, let's not start questioning what we're doing. Let's understand that it's exactly as I designed it. So that would be an example of taking something that we know sometimes freaks people out and then I can future pace them, have a conversation, deal with it before it ever appears. And then if it does appear, I can then say, well, Brendan, hey, Brendan, remember we talked about this, right? When we listed the property, we kind of discussed this. So let's not freak out. Let's just understand that this might be an opportunity to get this property bidded up, you know, to a price that's above what we're asking. Sound yeah. good? Yeah. Yeah, love that. So that one's on the on the side of um, the future pacing for that seller that comes in and says, oh, my gosh, we screwed up. You priced it too low because we have these great results. On the flip side, what about the agents that are going out there and promising too much? And they're going out and they're saying, listen, we get multiple offers and, you know, we're going to get all this stuff. And then a couple of days goes by and you have a couple of showings and no offers. Let's flip that around for that seller whose expectations aren't met or their emotions aren't met because they're not getting activity. What's the future pace for that? Um, that part of the conversation, I will have both sides of it. Yeah, that's, that's a, I'm glad you did. I wasn't even thinking about that side, but immediately it's like, after I get the listing signed, <laughs> okay, remember, for those of you that are listening on Level Up Podcast, just remember, after I got the listing signed, then I'm going to have this question in that scenario. So let's, I'm going to make the assumption that in this scenario, Brendan, I probably, as an agent, I probably know that I'm pushing it on pricing. I probably know that I'm agreeing to take it out of price that ugh, this is a little bit higher than where we probably need to be. You know, and so I should already know that I'm in that situation. And since I know that ahead of time, after I get the list and sign, I'm going to say, hey, Brendan, you know what? I tell you what, one of the things you're really going to appreciate um, with with working with me is that I'm, you know, I pride myself in really communicating and making sure that as things are happening in the field, in the market, I'm communicating back to you. You know, I know that we're really trying to stretch this price and get you the most money. And so in the event that we're pushing this price and we go on the market and the the market thinks we're a little bit overpriced, the way that we'll see that, like, in other words, if we don't get multiple showings or multiple offers within the first week, Jen, just know that's the market giving us feedback that maybe we priced it a little bit too high, but I'm more than willing to go for it because I think we got a shot. But if we're a week out down the road and we haven't got a lot of activity, maybe you and I will just have a conversation as to whether or not we need to make some sort of slight adjustment to pick up activity. Um, so that I would be doing something like that. I would just letting them know that if we get to a point where we don't where we feel it should have been sold, but it's not sold, then that's the market telling us that we need to get back together and have a conversation and just see if we want to continue to, down this path or maybe adjust the price slightly. Yeah, 
Yeah. And, you know, you said at the beginning, it's it's no different than you're in an extreme market seller's market. Those are the same conversations we have um, when it's extreme buyer's market. We're still telling there's a possibility, depending on where we price it, it's going to get activity really quickly. Well, in a down seller's market and you get a fast offer when everything else is taking 90 days, the seller's like, what did you do? So we're really answering the, you know, the same questions. And the future pace, what I love about it, Greg, is when we cover stuff that could happen in the future and we talk to them about that, we, we're seen as their guide. We're seen as their partner. Mm-hmm. We're answering questions ahead of time. And when it happens, they go, oh, you know what? He told me about that. All right, this is how I should be feeling right now. When we don't, and then they have to come to us and they bring them up, then there's no way that we can be seen as anything. It's an excuse. So when they say, we got multiple offers in the first few days, do we underprice this? And you had no conversation with that. All you're doing is defending that you didn't underprice it. You're not telling them something ahead of time because now it's already happened. So if you tell them about the stuff ahead of time, they're like, man, he's really taking care of me here using his experience and um, it's, it, it gets you a lot further along in the relationship. And, you know, typically they they have a better experience. So beyond yeah. future pacing, um, what else do you, what else do you see in terms of why is this market? So uh, it's more difficult to actually manage what those sellers, um, you know, they've got so many emotions. Let's talk about for lack of better terms, sellers are kind of greedy right now. Like you get the seller that goes out there, they choose the price, they get offers. And then all of a sudden they're like, it seems like they just kind of backed off. Now they want more. They're negotiating full price offers and wanting to go up. How, how do you handle this? You know, uh, you're right. You know, it's like, it, it's never enough. The seller says, I want this. We get them that plus a little bit more. And then they say, well, I don't know. I think I, we, we underpriced it. Um, it really comes down to that FOMO, right? The fear of missing out. It's like no matter what the seller gets, they're right now because of news and, and things like that, they're, they still have a fear of are they going to miss out on something better? And we just know that it all comes around. Everything's going to work out. We can never market time. Yeah. So my future pace for them is say, hey, look, you're, there's, a, there's a high probability that somewhere in our relationship over the next 30 days, we're going to question or you're going to question whether or not we should have actually done this transaction. And that's normal. It's called remorse, seller's remorse. It's kind of like the fear of missing out. Mm -hmm. But then once you close this transaction and you move on, and you move to Atlanta and you're comfortable with your family and your kids are in that new school district and and you're at that new job, then you're going to look back and say, gosh, I'm glad I did it. So we just kind of got to remember why we're doing this. You know, in the end, there's stress involved in every transaction. And when stress occurs, we start to question. So if you start to question what we're doing, just understand that's normal. That's just a normal way of us managing stress. But we've talked about it. We're, doing, we're on the right path. And let's just keep moving forward. I just talk to them like that. And I think, Brendan, something that you're good at that I think is important to mention is future pacing must be followed up with massive communication. Yeah. So if I'm future pacing and I'm saying, hey, this is what could happen, and if this happens, then this, then 
after I make that statement, I need to keep communicating with my seller and saying, hey, remember we talked about this? Well, nothing's going on right now, but I'll keep you up to date. And as soon as you start seeing, hey, this thing's like a little shaky, then get in communication. Yeah. You can't just future pace and then, and then they call you and say, hey, what's going on? Oh, if you do that, that's messed up. You, yeah. you future pace them and you got to call them before they call you. Mm-hmm. You can manage their expectations if you do that, but you got to stay ahead of it in yeah. today's market. Yeah. And I like the, uh, I like using the car dealer example. Most of your home sellers have, have bought a car or 10 in their lifetime and you never leave the car dealer feeling like you got the best deal and that's buying, but it's no <laughs> different. You're going to walk out, Mr. Seller, and you're going to wonder, is this the best deal or should I wait for the next one? And, you know, I just want you to know that's normal. You're normal, Mr. Seller. And then a lot of times when that happens, they're like, okay, we can just brush past this because this is, uh, you know, this is normal. He told me that I was going to be expecting this. The other yeah, thing that I think is important right. is in this market, sellers' motivation, people only make moves based off motivation, right? Buying and selling, that's what's going to drive people's moves to buy and sell ultimately. The difference though right now is there's a lot of people that are motivated primarily by price. And when you're motivated primarily by price, then when they're looking in the future and saying, gosh, maybe there's a better price coming up, we don't have any leverage. They're just saying, well, I'm thinking maybe it's a better price coming up. They are not trying to get moved somewhere. They're like, yeah, I want to put it on the market. And if I can get this, I'm a seller. Well, if they're not really motivated, just understand you might not have a motivated seller. You have a seller motivated by price and in a hot market, that's a moving target. Yeah. So you know, when you have real motivation, then you can go back to them and say, all right, do you want a chance waiting for that higher price and maybe not make your move? Maybe not mm-hmm. get the family, maybe not eliminate this debt and go buy something else. But when it's just price, that just keeps moving along and they chase it a lot of times. So sometimes yeah. you may just have that seller that wants to chase price and um, you may not, uh, you may keep bringing them offers and they keep moving them up. Yeah. And would you agree though, that so I gosh I've had some scenarios like that this in, in the last year, um, so I, I I like that you bring this up, and there's been times I've been successful at kind of breaking through with these type type of seller, and there's some times that I haven't been successful like it just it was just like I could never satisfy this person. The times that I was successful versus the times that I wasn't is the times that I wasn't. I was thinking, gosh, this person's never satisfied. This person's greedy. Like I was making them wrong for what they were doing. Yeah. The times that I, and, and, and I'm guilty of doing that. I have been guilty, but I've also been successful. And I look back at the successful scenarios. What I did is I tried to understand them a little bit more. And I tried to say, hey, look, okay, look, I work for you. And I'm here to, to help you accomplish your goals. You want a little bit more money, but can you just tell me again, like what's important about selling this property? And then going and revisiting while I'm moving to Atlanta. Well, and again, didn't you tell me it was grandchildren in Atlanta? Is that what it was? No, 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 it's not grandchildren. It's my daughter, you know, is getting married and they may have children, but right now they, I just, we just, we just miss them. We want to be around them. Okay, good. Now, um, and I keep asking these questions and peeling the onion down to the core of what their true motivation is. There's, it's never about money. It's always about an emotion, but some people make it all about money. 
Mm-hmm. And when somebody's making all about money, just understand there's still an emotion back there. Because like, even if they make it all about money and they say, well, I'll sell anything at any price, they yeah. still have to have something they're going to. Yeah, there's still a yeah, there's still the reason if I could at that price, I would yes. do this. Yeah, yes. that's a great point. Yeah. And so I think what we have to do is when we're when we're faced with that point where we want to say, gosh, dang it, these people are never satisfied. I think the skill we all need to develop is when we're feeling that frustration with our clients, we need to step back, reevaluate their true motivation, get into those dialogues and see if that's the thing that tips them over to being reasonable again. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. And part of that is the skill that we always continue. Everybody's got to work on, which is just being detached from the outcome. We're here and we're um, providing information, helping them along the transaction. And we're detached from the outcome. Yes. Yeah. Good. Good. Deal. Right. All right. Anything well, good. No, I think that was great. I mean, I think we could keep going and go on and on and on and on. But I think we're, we're trying to keep these level up podcasts, um, you know, give them a little bit more of a coaching twist so people could take away, you know, something and put it into their uh, business and, and see some growth because we're all about you all leveling up. Um, of course, in the meantime, um, you know, I've got a, a, a group coaching, uh, you know, um, a group that I do coaching with called Agent Success Academy. Um, I'd love for you to check that out. You can just Google Agent Success Academy and get that information. And then, of course, Brendan and I have done some things, cool things together. One of them is called Objection Handling Mastery Course. You need to Google that, check that out. And um, I, I invite you to take that on. I think that'd be great. Other than that, Brennan, I think that's a wrap for me today. Awesome. All right. We'll see you in the next one. All right. Sounds good.